Welcome to the final week of our sermon series focused on such an important word, forgiveness. And as we unpack week four, I pray that you are blessed to answer this question. In week number one, we talked about what is forgiveness, what's God's definition. Week number two, we talked about why God has called us to forgive. In week three, we answered the question, how do I forgive them for that? And today we're going to wrestle with, how do I forgive myself? Over the course of the four weeks, we've used this visual, this image of stones. And for the first three weeks, we talked about the stones that other people have thrown at us. The hurt that it's caused, the struggle that we have when considering consequences and forgiveness. What to do with it, how to... How does God encourage us to address it? How is it possible that we, that we can actually do that? But today I want to talk about that stone. The one that, that you've thrown. Maybe the one that you've thrown time and time and time again. That sin. And I want you to think about that right now. What is your stone? That sin that, that you can't get over, that you're struggling with forgiving yourself for. What is it? Is it the, the choice that you made that, that one night to get behind the wheel of the car when you shouldn't? And then you got caught? It affected your marriage, your job, and, and your life in so many ways, and, and you still bear the shame, and you, you struggle with forgiving yourself for that. Or maybe it's not even known to anybody else. It's that sin, that stone, that you've done a great job of covering up, concealing, running back to in, in quiet, and, and, and no one knows about it. And, and your conscience is dull to it. But there are moments and times when, when you fear that someone might have seen it or it might be exposed and, and that weighs heavy on your heart and you, you don't know how you can forgive yourself if you ever got caught. What is your that? Maybe it's ten years ago, maybe it's five years ago, maybe it's Five minutes ago, maybe it's two weeks ago. What sin are you struggling with and wrestling with that, that in your mind you're wondering, how do I forgive myself for that? And how do I know that that very question is one that we need to address? I know it because of you. And maybe not you specifically, but our church, the people that we serve here at 922 St. Peter in the Corps, when, when stones are thrown, when, when you've sinned against other people, when, when you've hurt someone else, you come into my office and you ask that. Pastor, how do I forgive myself for throwing that stone? How do I forgive myself for the hurt I caused my wife when I did that? Pastor, how do I forgive myself for being an absentee parent 
for being a spiritual zero at times in the lives of my kids. And now I see the damage because they're, they're no longer connected to you. How do I forgive myself for that? How do I forgive myself for, for the words that I spoke that, that broke that relationship, for the choice that I made to sign those papers? How do I forgive myself for that? You, I've heard it from people who've been incarcerated. I've, I've heard it from spouses who've been devastated. I've heard it from dads who are overwhelmed and laden with guilt. I, I've heard it in so many different ways from so many different people, from choices they made when they were in college to the decisions that they made when they were 50. Which is why I know that we need to talk about that. You're that. My that. And be able to answer the question, how, does God, how do I forgive myself for that? Which is why I love that God shares David's that with us. Because if there's ever a story in all the pages of Scripture of someone who might have wrestled with the question, how do I forgive myself for that? It had to be him. I recently read a book that, that goes over Psalm 51, the, the account of, of David uh, and, and his sin and all its ugliness that, that had the title of this for that. How to ruin your life. And he called what David did an implosion. Like when you, you, you scour the internet and, and you see old stadiums or old buildings in, in neighborhoods when they want to bring them down, they, they, they don't want to affect all the other buildings, so they cause them to implode upon themselves so that it doesn't fall over externally but goes internally. That's really what David did when he did that. It was an implosion of epic proportion. A cosmic fall of someone who was spiritually in tune with God, who, who was willing to pick up a slingshot and go stand in front of a giant. David knew his that. And his words give us the answer to how to deal with that. When we wonder if we can ever forgive ourselves for it. And maybe you're familiar with the, the, the story of David, but maybe you're not. Uh, if you want to revisit it and, and, and review it, you can read it in all its ugliness in 2 Samuel chapter 11. That's where, we begin, where, da where David's that moment begins with that decision. To not be where he was supposed to be on the battlefield. It's why that chapter begins, when kings were supposed to be off at war with their men, David remained home. It's not a sin to remain home on a Friday night. But that was, he wasn't doing what God had called him to do. Thus opening himself up to do that. Get up on a sleepless night, walk around on his balcony and, and see that. That beautiful woman in a building across the way. Which caused him to ask that. Who is she? And when he was told the answer, that's Uriah's wife, he, he still said, that, go get her and bring her to me. And after a servant left and went and did that, he chose to do that, sleep with her, commit adultery with her. Which led to that, her getting pregnant. Which forced him to do that. Call Uriah home and try and cover it up, sweep it under the rug, get away with it. Uh, have Uriah go home and, 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 
and maybe be able to pawn off the child as Uriah's, not his, but, but Uriah wouldn't do that. Uriah was a, a noble and honorable guy who was going to respect the king and respect his fellow soldiers who offer at war and wasn't going to take advantage of that. Which then caused David to do that. To, to send with Uriah himself, probably in his own backpack, that note that said, put him in that position and do that. Withdraw the army so that he dies. Which led David to do that. Take in the, the broken-hearted widow and look like that. The good guy. The noble guy. The loving king of widows. And how does God forgive that? How could David not wrestle with, how do I forgive myself for that? Well, it began in the next chapter. When you read chapter 12, Nathan, one of God's prophets, comes and tells David a story to drive home a point. And David hears a story about a rich man who had everything, a poor man who had only one chosen special possession. The rich man takes it for his own and, 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 and leaves the, the poor man with nothing. And, and David is filled with rage over that. Like that man deserves to be punished for his crimes. That man deserves to lose it all. That is wrong. To which Nathan looks him in the eye and says, you did that. You're the man. And in a moment, David realized that. And it was in that that he gives us the answer to how to forgive ourselves when we do that. It begins with what he did in the face of Nathan's words. And when Nathan calls him out, tells him what he had done, David's eyes are open, his heart is broken, and he says, I have sinned. I have sinned against the Lord. And that's step one to how do you forgive yourself. No more rationalizing, no more justifying, no more minimizing like King David had been doing, like we like to do. No more sweeping it away or, or under the rug. No more excusing it off as everyone's doing it. No more shifting of the blame to someone else. That was Joab. Joab, Joab gave the order. My servant should have stopped me. Nope. Step one to how do you forgive yourself begins with what David did right there. It's our first fill in the blank. Own it. Own it. Own the stones you've thrown. Own them. And like when you have hurt someone, when you have crossed the line, when you have sinned against God, own it. Do you see the spiritual implications when you don't? Do you see the spiritual implications when you try and justify it, maybe minimize it, or try and brush it away or, or shift it to someone else's fault? You get what happened to David. 
sin spiraling out of control. Sin and more sin and, and more sin. And God wants you and me and everyone to understand that, that if we wrestle with the question of, of how do I forgive myself for that, it begins with the honest truth of owning the stones that we've thrown. Period. But it needs to be more than that. Because you know what happens all too often? People will own it when they get what? Caught. Like when your kids get caught, they own it. <laughs> They'll say it when they get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. When they get caught breaking curfew, you, you come down and, and you tap the watch and like you stick it in their face and you show them 12, 15, like what are they going to do? Yep, my bad, I own it. But there's more to it than owning it in order to, to be able to forgive yourself for it. A heart that owns it only because we got caught is a heart that's going to be overwhelmed still with guilt and not be able to, to deal with it or eliminate it or get past it. And we need to do that in order to get over whatever your that is. Because you know what the devil's going to do? He's going to pick up stones. He's going to work hard at you to hold on to your stone to ruminate over your sin. He's going to want you to feel despair over what you've done even after you've owned it. I'm the worst person in the world. Like a lot of people who, who struggle with the question, how do I forgive myself, have really owned it. But guilt, despair, shame, all those things are tools of the devil to, to cause you to fall and to fail, self-medicate and ruminate and despair. Which is why David wants you to know step two. Or better yet, step one B. Because once you own it, here's what God wants you to do in order to, to truly understand how you for, can forgive yourself. Own it leads to, to this. King David's words were, Be gracious to me, God, according to your mercy. Erase my acts of rebellion according to the greatness of your compassion. Scrub me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I admit my rebellious acts. My sin is always in front of me. And here's what King David knew had to go hand in hand with owning it. And King David knew that owning it was just a part of the process. And that confessing had to follow. Literally to confess the reasons you threw the stones. Did you catch that in King David's words? You know when you own something, we, we oftentimes think of the superficial outward thing that we did. Like King David could have said in the first words, God, forgive me for my lust, right? He, he lusted, but he knew that wasn't the real reason he threw the stone, that he had sinned. King David didn't pray for God, have mercy on me and give me a, li a little bit more self-control next time. No, he, he knew the real problem. He knew the real reason he had thrown those stones why he had committed those sins. It wasn't just a lust issue found in his eyes. It, it wasn't just a self-control issue that, that, that he couldn't stop from, from sending a servant or, or opening a door or, 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 or doing something inappropriate. No, the real issue, the ultimate issue King David identified was a heart issue. 
The real reason he threw the stones was because the man who God said had a, had a heart after his own heart was a sinful heart, a sin-stained heart, a heart that was willing to, to violate God's word and, and having God first in his heart because he wanted what was pleasurable to his eye. See, when it comes to confessing, we need to acknowledge the real reason we throw the stones. King David actually used three words in there that some translations use for transgression, iniquity, sin. So they're all sin words. King David said, here are the real reasons why I threw the stones. Rebellion. Did you catch it in that verse? My rebellious acts. How many of you have, have gone on a trip or, or stayed in a hotel overnight? You bring along your, your, your plug-in for your, your phone, right? You plug it into the wall because you want to have power in the morning. How many of you have left your phone charger in a hotel wall before? Like, you know, when that happens, it's called an accident. You didn't do it on purpose. You didn't want to leave it there. King David says, these acts, these decisions, these choices were rebellion, willful, deliberate, knowingly crossing the line. King David, raised as a little boy, knew the commandments. He knew the sixth and how God viewed marriage. And yet he willfully sent a servant over there after he had been told she is married. He still did it because he believed it would feel good. He knew the fifth, do not murder. And yet he did it willfully, wrote a letter, sent it off with this very person who was going to get killed to cover up what he had done. King David says, my... My sin, the, the real reason behind it is because my heart is rebellious. It pursues things that it, it longs for as opposed to wanting you first in my heart. The next word he, he uses is guilt. Literally, the, we, we kind of sometimes understand that, that word through the lens of how we feel when we've done something wrong, right? There's a pressure, there's a weight. But guilt, literally also, that word comes with an image, twisted. And what King David is saying, my heart was twisted. It wasn't the right shape. It didn't have the right form. It wasn't in the right place. It was out of alignment, which leads to disasters. The last one was that word sin. David confessed the real reason behind the stones that he threw began with his rebellion, his rebellious heart, his twisted heart, and his heart that misses the mark. That's literally what the terminology means for sin that's there. He missed the bullseye. He, he, he missed the word of God and, and he crossed the line and violated what God had called him to do. And that's what God wants you to do. That's what you and I need to do in order to really be able to, to forgive ourselves for what we've done. We need to own it. We need to confess it. And we need to acknowledge the reason behind it. Our heart that isn't in tune with God's heart. And King David knew that why that was the case. And he knew the depth of, of, of what he deserved because of that. Against you, you only have I sinned and have done this evil in your eyes. David had sinned against Bathsheba. He had sinned against uh, the other people in his family and household. He sinned against Uriah. 
which many sinned against Uriah's family because they now lost a family member. He sinned against the servants who he made do something that was wrong. I mean, think of the laundry list of people that David threw stones at and his sins affected. And yet at the end of the day, David said, the ultimate reason for my sin is my heart and, the, and ultimately it all comes back to you, God. You. Against you, you only have I sinned. All that I've done is evil in your eyes. You're justified when you sentence me. You're blameless when you judge. I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. David identified that the issue is an issue of the heart that I've had from birth. I was born with it. My mother and dad passed it on to me. It affects me each and every day. And and if I don't address the issue of my heart, if I don't identify the, the reason why I throw stones, if I'm not willing to own the things that I've done, finding forgiveness would be impossible for my heart and my mind. And thankfully, that's not where David ends. Psalm 51. And I, and I need you to understand that it's going to be really easy for you right now to compare what you've done, your that, with, with that, and rationalize or minimize or justify it. And when you're tempted to do that, remember that. What you deserve. We might not have imploded on the pages of Scripture for everyone to see, but our that is no different than his. It's worthy of that. You're, you're justified to judge me. I, I'm deserving of, of that. Being separated from you for all eternity. The ability to forgive oneself for the stones that you've thrown begins with that. Own it. And confess the reasons you did it. And accept the, the punishment that spiritually is deserved for that. Because when you do, it'll leave you where, where David was left in that moment. Which gave him the answer to that. The solution. And God's answer for how he would have us forgive ourselves when we do that. See, here's the beautiful thing about God. He knows all that. Whether others do or not, no matter how bad your past is or not, no matter how huge the decision is that you made when you were 18 years old and did that, it, God knows that. And, and he dealt with that. He addressed that and he gives us the solution that helps us answer the question how, what to do when we acknowledge the reason we threw the stones. He, he gives us the, the answer to our heart problem. Just like doctors do when you go in and, and ask them that question. Like anyone here have been, uh, have been told they have high cholesterol? Anyone? High cholesterol? When, when your cholesterol gets too high, you know what doctors will tell you? You need to do something about that. You know what doctors, while they might all agree on high cholesterol leads to heart issues, they don't all agree on the solution to high cholesterol. There's a lot of different paths they might tell you to take. Some tell you lift weights. Others tell you run. Some say don't run. 
Which one are you going to choose? I'm not so sure which path is that. Some say eat some cinnamon, others say drink red wine, some say eat, eat salmon, others say go plant-based. <laughs> all sorts of paths and all sorts of solutions, how do I know which one's right? Some say take medicine, and others say don't take the medicine because it might hurt your liver. <laughs> now I'm thoroughly confused. Give me the solution to help me solve my heart problem, to help me deal with high cholesterol. And God doesn't work that way when it comes to our spiritual heart problem. He tells us the solution. He gives us the remedy. He reveals the antidote. It's simple, it's straightforward, and here's the amazing thing. It doesn't involve an over-the-top exercise plan. And many of you should say, amen. It doesn't require that you do anything. In fact, how do you forgive yourself? How do you deal with that? How do you overcome the guilt that you're carrying, the shame uh, that your name bears? That. That. The very thing David knew that God was going to do, that. David knew the solution to his sin. He knew that God was going to own it in his son. He knew the heart of God that so loved the world was going to send his one and only son to be pierced, to be crushed, to be broken, so that we might be healed. King David expressed that when he said, you desire truth on the inside. In my hidden heart, you teach me wisdom. And and so he said, here's what I know about that. God, remove my sin with hyssop and I'll be clean. God, you can do that. My record is tainted, but, but you can erase it. You can wipe the slate clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Lord, I am stained with sin, but, but you can eliminate it from my, from my body forever. Because of that, let me hear joy and gladness because I know your promise is to do that. Let the bones you have crushed celebrate the, the guilt that I carry, the, the, the burden that is there because of my confession. I know what I deserve, but, but I know he was crushed and broken and I can rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. God, you can, you can eliminate them from your record book and, and I know you will do that. Erase all my guilty deeds. Created me a pure heart, O oh God. God, I know who you are. God, I know what you will, will do, King David said. And, and you know what God wants you and me to know and to celebrate? How do I forgive myself for that? Remember that. I know it sounds simple. But, but that's it. It's what King David knew, what God wants you to remember if you're Looking at step number two, not only own it, follow it with confession, but then see grace as the solution to the stones that you've thrown. I don't know what they are. I know mine. I know the hurts that I've caused my wife. I, I, I remember times in my life that are dated on calendars. And, and you know who wants me to revisit them and remember them and hold on to those stones? The devil. His greatest tools in his arsenal are guilt and shame. He loves for you to feel guilt and he longs for you to be ashamed because then you ruminate over them. You stew about them. You come back to the question of how could God ever forgive me for that because I sure can't forgive myself for that. And that's the only way David could get over that. He saw God and his grace 
as the solution. Because he knew God in his grace was going to deal with the stone that he threw and the hurt that he caused. And you know what else he knew? That God is a God of grace. Not only who dealt with the stone, but could empower him to leave the stone alone. And he could leave that, every that, with God because of that. You see, it's the amazing thing about God. Grace is just not a one-time thing that, that happened on a cross. Grace is an everyday thing that, that God wants you to live in light of, that God wants you to celebrate is yours, that God wants you to, to cling to when you fail, that God wants you to rely on for the strength to face temptation. It's not just a, a one-time thing to see grace as that, but it's also that and that and that. For all of my that's it, to help me through this. See grace as God's solution. The devil will long to overwhelm you with guilt. The devil will want you to drink the poison of what you've done and believe that you cannot be forgiven. But that has not the thing that God would want you to remember. We live in light of grace, not guilt. Because Jesus was found guilty for all of our sins. You and I have been declared innocent. And that is how you forgive yourself. Because the truth is, it's not about you. It's been done by him. And that's what David knew. He knew that when he owned it, when he confessed it, when he, when he was left all on his own, it was no longer about guilt, but it was all about grace. The sacrifices God wants are a broken spirit, a broken and crushed heart. Oh God, you will not despise. You know, you know how police officers work in our world today? Their goal is to break you. You know why they want to break you? Because they want you to confess. <laughs> and when you confess, they, they force you to own it. God wants you to own it and, and see your sin for what it is. Confess it. And when you see that there's only one place to turn to for him for help, in your brokenness, you know what God won't do? He won't turn his back on you or despise you because he, he turned his back on his son on the cross. He'll never, ever not help you answer the question, how do I forgive myself for that? He'll remind you of the answer. I've forgiven you for that. And David knew that. It's why he asked then God in, in, in his famous psalm to do this. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew in me an unwavering spirit. When temptation comes, uh, help me with your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Instead, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Sustain me with a willing spirit. Help me deal with that when, I, uh, when the devil wants me to to wrestle with the question and, and bring me back to that, the joy of your salvation. Which is exactly what John wanted New Testament Christians to do as well. If we confess our sins, if we own it, John said, when we own it, he's faithful and just. For every unfaithful moment, he is faithful 
and will forgive us our sins and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What David said a thousand years before Jesus came and what John said many years after Jesus had ascended is the same thing. Own it. Confess it. See grace as the solution for it. My children, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate before the Father, one who pleads our case. In in other words, Jesus stands before God and says, I I know that what they just did is wrong. They they rebelled. Their hearts twisted, right? They, They willfully chose to do that. They missed the mark. But remember that, Heavenly Father. That moment when you forsook me and I paid the price. That person is the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the whole world. Which brings it all full circle to that. How do I forgive myself when I throw stones and sin? I do the steps. I remember the definition of forgiveness is this. A daily choice. A daily choice to own it when I fail. To confess it for what it is, an issue of the heart that's offensive to God, that's deserving of hell. But a heart that sees the solution. The only remedy. God's grace. That's forgiven all of my that's. And that, my friends, is how God would have you answer the question. How do I forgive myself? Remember this. Forgiven people forgive. Because of that. Both others and also ourselves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know my that, the the sins I've committed that that I sometimes wonder, will you really forgive me? Can you forgive that? How will I ever forgive myself for that? That choice when I was in college, that relationship that I destroyed, my kids and the things that I did that impacted them. uh, This could be so long, Lord. And the devil would long for us to be overwhelmed with guilt and burdened with shame and, and driven away from you spiral out of control and you don't want that instead you give us the answer that helps us deal with it when we sin lord help us own it use your word to to speak to our hearts don't let us minimize rationalize sweep away excuse instead let us own it and confess it for what it is the real reason behind it our heart that isn't in tune with your heart and then let's see grace lord when we're broken knowing that you won't despise that heart but that you will renew it and that you will create in us a a new spirit that knows that we're forgiven and is empowered to, to live a life that is in tune with your heart. That's what I pray for, Lord, for everyone here, for the, the, the what light things in their life that they've uh, done, that they struggle with. And for all that lies ahead, let us, Lord, know the answer to the question always that you have forgiven us which means we can forgive ourselves because of you. Amen.